This is Wobblers Live. Thanks for joining us today at the intersection of faith and the culture. We're going to be taking a look at some of the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. And today is Good News Friday, which means we'll be looking at some good news from across the nation and around the world. We're here with David Barton. He's America's premier historian and our founder at Wobblers. Tim Barton is with us, national speaker and pastor and president of Wobblers. And my name is Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator and America's Constitution coach. You can find out more about us at wobblerslive.com, and that is a great website to visit because, first of all, you can listen to past programs that you might have missed out on. You can share the links to those programs with your friends and family, making you a force multiplier out there by educating, equipping, and inspiring your fellow citizens to do their part to preserve and pass the torch of freedom. So be sure and visit that website for that purpose, but also go to the website so that you can make a contribution. Yes, click on wallbuilderslive.com first, get there, and then click on contribution and make that one-time or monthly contribution. Listen, it takes money to do what we're doing. It takes money to be on radio stations around the country. It takes those dollars to to produce a program, to get the interviews set up, uh, to spread the good news, to train the pastors that we train when we take them to Washington, D.C., to do our legislators' conferences, our youth leadership program. I mean, you name it. All of those things take dollars to be effective and to to influence the culture in that positive way. And we're excited about that. We're not complaining about that. We think it's great that you can make a financial investment in freedom. And that's what we're asking you to do. Go to wallbuilderslive.com, make that contribution, come alongside us, be a part of the solution. All right, David and Tim, I, I, I it feels kind of weird. We only got two Good News Fridays left for the whole year. And this will be our last one before Christmas. So the first good news is... Christmas this weekend, and, uh, you know, David doesn't have to have an excuse to play Christmas music 24-7, and we'll all be doing that. But anyway, let's get some of our final good news of the year in. Hey, look, if it's 24-7, it is what it is. That's 24-7. You don't need an excuse. It's like an excuse for breathing. Why would you need an excuse? If you're doing it all the time, it's just normal, man. It's You guys really need to change your attitude on this. You just, we just Somebody's got to be the Grinch around here. There's just too much joy that flows at the wall builders world, you know, because you guys just keep following James and counting in all joy, even when we're facing trials in the country. And so I'm just like, okay, enough joy. I got to be, no, I'm kidding. I love this Christmas stuff. So this weekend, hopefully everybody out there, you know, this is our last program before Christmas. We wish everybody a wonderful, incredible Merry Christmas. Have a great yeah. time with your families and, uh, you know, spend some time being thankful and, and of course, thankful for our country, despite all of our challenges right now, still the greatest nation in the world. And uh, we're really, really blessed to be here and that's kind of what we do. Why we do Good News Fridays to remind everybody there's lots to be thankful for. And you know, reminding everybody, it's a good thing to to point out, Rick. Is we encourage everybody to have a Christ-filled Christmas. If you're a Christian person, yeah. you remember what that Christmas is about. Take the time to read the the story out of Luke one, the Christmas story. Remember what this is all about, or even it, Luke two, or the even, Christmas story. Oh yeah, it's Matthew it's one. Matthew Luke one. Two. Thank you. That's right, Matthew one. Luke Just two. for those who are familiar with the Bible, just want to know where <laughs> that, to look. That, that's a test. We're going to see if anybody caught that. That's that's what that was. But but read the Christmas story. Go through and remember why you have Christmas. Christmas is not because it's the 25th of December or the the 6th of, of of January. If you happen to be in a lot of Hispanic cultures or whatever, it is a time to remember Christ and remember why we give gifts. And it's not just for family; it is for a much bigger reason. So keep it a Christ-filled Christmas. And at this time of the year, where things are starting to wind down, it's really fun to see a lot of reports that are coming in with really the number of people who've been affected by Jesus this year by the gospel. Uh, who have been responded to it, and just having come through the the World Cup, 
Uh, it's interesting. Just saw this report that came in. There is a guy who is now a pastor, but he was a professional soccer player. He was a goalkeeper for the U.S. He also played for the African team and Scotland team. And, you know, he's been through so many of these things. And what he did was he started creating little 60-second videos uh, where he shared about Jesus, but he also showed clips out of, you know, really famous soccer matches and, and things that people were watching because World Cup, so much of the world attention is focused on that. And so he he did these these little one-minute clips, and more than 18,000 people responded and said they want to receive Christ as Savior. So just out of this pastor, it's Grace Community Church in Auburn, Washington, started doing these short videos, and people really, really responded. And I, I thought what he said was really good. He said, stories are powerful. Everyone has a significant story. You have a powerful story, and when you share it, we learn more about God. We appreciate God and see how God works. And that's a good reminder is every one of us need to be sharing our story of what God has done for us. And if you're somebody like me who grew up in a Christian home, you really just don't have a dramatic story. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of stuff God has done for every one of us that we can share. There's a lot of ways I can point people to the scriptures without having to say, hey, I had a really goofed up life. And I don't have a dramatic testimony. There's nothing like that. But that doesn't keep me from sharing Christ with people and and pointing to what they need. And and there's just so many good things. So 18,000 with that one. Uh, Then here's the report for Youth for Christ. And and Youth for Christ, it's really kind of a high school and I guess some college ministry. They got 130 chapters, and they've been running for 78 years. And it's all about sharing Christ with youth on the school campuses. And so this this last year, uh, it looks like that the number of kids that came to Christ this year through Youth for Christ have doubled since last year. Uh, there's about 7,300 kids in schools that, are, that have come to Christ through Youth for Christ. So that's really, really good news. They're sharing Jesus with, with kids in schools. And here's a third report that comes from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Now, I know somewhat about FCA. There's lots and lots of chapters I didn't realize that they went back to 1956, or actually, they're 68 years old, but going back to 56 is when they came out with their first Athlete's Bible. So they had put together a Bible and, and really kind of highlighting some of the athletic stuff in it, and, and they've really kind of developed over the years. I was looking here, they, they have resources, they have a sports New Testament that has testimonies from professional athletes, and about a million of those went out. Um, they had the Coach's Bible, which has 365 daily devotionals written by and written for coaches. Uh, they they have Spanish language New Testaments and and now they're all over the world. They they've got scriptures in Spanish and in Chinese and all sorts of stuff Russian. Uh, and so this year they gave out two hundred thousand Bibles to student athletes uh, across the the country and so across the world as well. And so that's really good stuff. And so just kind of going back to remembering Christmas, having a Christ filled Christmas. Let me kind of just remind folks about several things that happened with Jesus. Uh, when the demoniac had the encounter with Jesus and he wanted to follow Jesus, Jesus said, no, you go back and tell people what I've done for you. And, and that really was what he did. And and lots of people came to Christ because he just shared his story. In the same way, when Jesus was with the woman at the well, uh, and she was amazed at what Jesus told her, she went back and told everybody in her village what was going on and what happened to her. And the whole village comes out to see Jesus. And, and you've got so many other examples of that as well. Um, and so I'll just remind folks in Matthew 10, 32, 29 through 32, Jesus says, look, if you don't confess me before men, I'm not going to confess you before the Father. And he really does put it back on us. So I would encourage every one of us to be bold about sharing our faith. 
This is a culture that is becoming more Christian hostile. We've had a lot of legislation passed this year, federal and state, that really targets Christian values and beliefs. And so there's a tendency more to kind of drive us into the closet and keep our mouths shut because we don't want to get in trouble and don't want to make somebody mad. And no, God put us here to tell other people the story of what he's done for us and what he can do for them. And so Christmas time, we're already thinking about Jesus. Make a commitment, and we're coming up, and maybe you make New Year's resolutions. If you don't, maybe this is a good one, that you're going to share Christ with more people this year than you did last year. Just make that commitment to talk openly. People need to know about God and about what God can do for them through Jesus Christ, and that's a message we need to get out. But the good news is, as we're coming to the end of the year, there's been a lot of growth and movement this year with a lot of Christian organizations who have been very successful in bringing more people to Christ and getting God's Word out there and being able to share the story, not only in America, but across the world. Yeah, and you know, you remember some of our good news stories and even some of our interviews throughout this year, organizations that are are doing more and more of that, even online, and the two different programs we did with organizations that are, you know, available for young people specifically with, with text um, essentially reaching out kids that are reaching out for help and having mentors available to them and then sharing the gospel with them. And th- so there's just a lot of cool, cool things happening in that, uh, in that realm. All right, Tim, next piece of good news. All right, guys. Well, this one is a ruling that came out this week. This is uh, the, the headline says White House can't mandate COVID jabs for federal contractors appeals court. And this is dealing with anyone who is a federal contractor who's employed by a someone with a federal contract. And specifically, there was a three-panel judge, Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, and they voted two to one, uh, confirming with a lower court that President Joe Biden's uh, executive order was not constitutional. And specifically, there were three states that challenged it, Louisiana, Indiana, and Mississippi, all challenged this executive order saying you can't require everybody who works for the government to get this COVID vaccine or who is part of a federal contractor And what's great about this, so in the article it says, in upholding the lower court finding, Judge Kurt Englehart, an appointee of former President Donald Trump, said in his majority opinion that based on the Biden administration, based on their interpretation, they could have nearly unlimited authority to introduce requirements into federal contracts. Now, what he's explaining is that their justification for this was health and safety. And he was saying, look, based on the way you're you're reading health and safety, what what you are taking the latitude to do, he said that illustrating his point, he said Biden could hypothetically mandate that all third party federal contractor employees reduce their BMI, which is their body mass index. Right. So how how fat you are, uh, maybe how overweight you are, but it could require you to reduce your BMI below a certain number based on the theory that obesity is a primary contributor to unhealthiness and absenteeism. And he goes on with this. I thought this this is really a great point because if you're going to take it as broad as just just general health and safety concerns, well, where does that stop? And logically, this judge pointed out this doesn't make any sense. What's also super interesting about this, and I didn't recognize this, this article's from the Epic Times, and one of the things that is highlighted in this article is that this might affect up to 20% of American employees because up to 20% of American employees work for the government or a contractor of the government in some capacity. So this is huge that 20% of Americans 
under Biden's executive order could be forced to get a COVID jab. And this is right, regardless of if they've already had COVID, maybe they have natural immunity. Maybe they've had COVID more than once. They've had more than one strain, more than one variant, and it doesn't matter. They still want you to require you to get the vaccine. We also know, according to FDA reports, that the Pfizer vaccine has produced blood clots along the way. And so right, there's a lot more things we know along the way now. Well, the good news of this article highlighting is the reality that the Fifth Circuit has confirmed what a lower court already recognized is that this was an unconstitutional executive order from President Joe Biden. Now, we also know, realistically, this is probably going to be appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. We already know there's a lot of COVID mandate cases at the Supreme Court right now. And it could be that when the first one is heard and it says you can't require these COVID vaccine mandates, that it's going to resolve all of these other issues that are in their way up the appeals courts right now. I'm sure the Biden administration is going to appeal this one all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. But right now, it's really great news that we do have, in this case, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling that you cannot require someone who works for the federal government to get the vaccine. That is unconstitutional. So if you are part of the 20 percent of Americans who work for the federal government and you're being told you have to get a vaccine for the the covid pandemic, quote unquote, as it's being called once again, you just need to know that right now that the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has said that's unconstitutional and you can't be required to do that. So that is good news. You know, and that and that adds, Tim, to several pieces of good news we've had over the last few weeks and months on the on the vaccine, whether it's the, you know the military um, negotiation that took place, whether it's the the lawsuit that that Matt Staver won for the healthcare workers that were uh, fired, so that you know just starting to pile up, man. It's just some good news at the end of the year. Sanity is returning, so uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back for some more not only uh, sane news but some more good news. Stay with us. You're listening to Wall Builders. It's Good News Friday. Have you noticed the vacuum of leadership in America? We're looking around for leaders of principle to step up, and too often, no one is there. God is raising up a generation of young leaders with a passion for impacting the world around them. They're crying out for the mentorship and leadership training they need. Patriot Academy was created to meet that need. Patriot Academy graduates now serve in state capitals around America, in the halls of Congress, in business, in the film industry, in the pulpit, in every area of the culture. They're leading effectively and impacting the world around them. Patriot Academy is now expanding across the nation, and now's your chance to experience this life-changing week that trains champions to change the world. Visit PatriotAcademy.com for dates and locations. Our core program is still for young leaders 16 to 25 years old, but we also now have a citizen track for adults. So visit the website today to learn more. Help us fill the void of leadership in America. Join us in training champions to change the world at PatriotAcademy.com. Welcome back to Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us on this Good News Friday. Let's jump right back into some more good news. David's up next. This one comes from Washington, D.C., and it really kind of involves uh, a personal experience I had this last week. Uh, This last week, I went with family to Washington, D.C., and helped put out wreaths on the graves at Arlington National Cemetery. Now, there's about 400,000 people buried there. Uh, That cemetery is one square mile of veterans who are buried there. And as we walk through it, I mean, there's, it's just it's amazing. Um, we were putting wreaths on, on World War II and on Spanish-American War and World War I and, and even up into Desert Storm. And, and it's just we walked by several 
uh, tombstones that were much larger than others. And as you read it, there'd be five or six guys buried there. And it might be the bomber crew of a B-26 Marauder from World War II, where the whole plane was shot down and they buried the crew together. And it was just, it, it really was kind of a sober time to walk through. But it was really neat to see, uh, there's probably a couple thousand folks that showed up. We got there about 830 in the morning and we put out 400,000 wreaths in less than two hours and went to each each gravestone, um, called the, the person by name, put the wreath down and, and just let them know that there's still people thinking about them. It was a really cool ceremony. And as it turns out, there were some really fun people out there that maybe you wouldn't have expected, one of which was Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas out there honoring Americans, honoring veterans and putting out wreaths. And, and so this really is a good Christmas activity. Um, as it turns out, the group Wreaths Across America, they do this for military veterans buried in literally any cemetery. Um, if there are veterans in a cemetery near you and Wreaths Across America don't know about it, if you'll contact them and say, hey, here's a cemetery you should add, wherever there are veterans buried, even in local cemeteries, there's there's one here not far from the office that there, in that local cemetery. There's about 500 veterans buried there. And, and so Wreaths for America now will put out wreaths on, on those graves as well. So a fun activity to be involved with. So next Christmas time, uh, contact Wreaths for America if you want to help put out wreaths in your community or if you want to go to Washington, D.C. And, and go through Arlington National Cemetery, which is, it really was quite a stirring moment, stirring time to see that. Uh, but it was also fun that you have significant leaders like Clarence Thomas, who is honoring, recognizing those folks. So that's good news. But again, be part of this next Christmas. If you can remember it, or again, check your own cemetery. And if there are veterans buried there, let Reese for America know. Or if you want to contribute to them and contribute to putting wreaths on literally millions of graves across America at Christmas time, it's a really good activity. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, not not uh, when we say it was it was surprising or whatever, because I felt the same. I saw the the pictures of of uh, Justice Thomas out there. Not surprising that he would do something like that. Surprising that someone that famous, right, and that you know that he would just do it, no fanfare, didn't call the press out, none of that, you know, and he's just showing up and kind of find out, you know, been doing it for years. I thought that was such a cool story and uh, and a great great reminder for all of us. Tim, what's your next piece of good news, man? Well, guys, this was coming from Texas. And this one identified that abortions dropped 97% in Texas after the Roe versus Wade reversal. And wow. already in Texas, there was the fetal heartbeat bill uh, that went into effect, and that was in 2021. And so already significant drop in abortions. Uh, however, once you get uh, into July with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, in this article it says in July there were just 68 abortions were performed in Texas down from 2,596 in June. Th- that is a massive drop, and it goes through highlighting a lot of the process and what happened and some of the history behind it. But guys, this is one of the things we, we've talked a lot about with now states having to make decisions with what they're going to do with the abortion issue. And, and really, again, we've addressed this. This really shouldn't be even a state's issue. This, this is Arguing that abortion is a states' rights issue is like arguing that slavery was a states' rights issue. It never should have been a states' rights issue. The reality is what Democrats are arguing today in favor of abortion is what they were arguing back in the 1830s and 40s in favor of slavery, right? When someone says today that this unborn child, well, it's not it's not really a human, right? It's It doesn't deserve the same rights as the rest of us. It's just a piece of tissue. It's a piece of flesh. Whatever argument you're going to point out, it's they're my making- property. That's it. Which right? is that's it's, the it's, argument. It's, 
my, 1850s. My body, my choice, right? This belongs to me. I can do with it what I want. Again, in any of these that you can point out they're making today, the same claim was made back in the, the slavery conditions and really, again, largely Democrat-controlled Southern America is where the, the majority of this was happening in the U.S. With all that being said, right, what is fascinating is as we are seeing states now take action, there are states that are doing some really, really positive things. We've highlighted that a lot along the way. We've also talked about that at our pro-family legislators conference, this was an issue that we've dealt with for several years, what states can do to protect unborn individuals, unborn lives in their state. And we've seen in a lot of states, these state legislators that are passing these pro-life laws, they actually got a lot of these ideas from the wall builders pro-family legislators conference. And we are seeing such positive traction along the way. So this is just yet one more piece of good news where we are seeing states do things to limit and in abortion their states. Now, certainly this is something that is an ongoing battle for lots of reasons, even in the state of Texas. Uh, There's a pro-abortion side. There's a pro-death side. There's a anti-America, anti-Christian side that wants to see a lot of this prolonged. And so there's still a fight going on even in pro-life states, but there is good news that there is progress being made in a lot of the states. And we need to continue to pray for the other states around the nation as well, that God will raise up champions, that God will get different leadership, and that we will continue to protect unborn life. But in this case, that's great news and a really great stat seeing from June to July in Texas, a 97% drop in Texas after Roe versus Wade was overturned and all of the anti-abortion laws already passed in Texas could take full effect at that point. All right, guys, let's be honest now. Come on. I mean, how many of us would have thought five years ago that we'd be getting to have a Good News Friday in 2022, at the end of 2022, but in 2022, celebrating a 97% drop in abortions in our home state for wall builders, our home state here in Texas. I mean, we just got to pause for a second and say that may be the best good news item we have ever had on this program. That's huge. It, it is huge. And this is something that, I mean, there's other states who might be like, wait a second, we had a 98%, we had a 99% drop, right? So certainly Texas is not the only one. This is just a good news article. It's on top of my stack today. But it is, it, it's amazing when you consider all of the lives that are being saved. Uh, there, there's an old analogy that I, I don't think is misplaced, but where you can... The story goes, right, there was somebody praying and, you know, God, why why haven't you given us the cure for cancer? Why haven't you given us all these solutions for all these problems and all these diseases? And God responds and says, I have, but you aborted them. The reality is that God has a plan and purpose for every single human life. And now the great news is that we will actually get to see some of these individuals birthed and see some of God's plans and purposes for them and the amazing things that God can use them to do to make a difference in the world around us. So, so much good news, but certainly in this situation with a 97% drop of abortions in Texas, that is great news. And, I, I okay, I, I just have to ask you guys this, and, and this may end up using up our, our time for another good news uh, uh, item, but I, I know there are listeners that are saying, yeah, but they probably just drove to the next state, or they just drove to another state, or, or whatever. This is huge because the longer it takes and the more time there is, the more likely you save the baby. And so even if you had, obviously, some, there would have been some that did go to a different state uh, to have that abortion. But it, 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 the number, I don't know if we can even figure that out, right? Like, I mean, w- w- maybe it's going to take uh, national numbers and what's the decrease in abortions overall nationally. But I think we should at least point that out, that, that, that 
for those who are doubting and saying, yeah, but it just happened somewhere else, there is no doubt in my mind that a ton of lives were saved because of just that extra day or that extra hurdle to have to get transportation or find that they waited and someone talked to them and they, or they were able to get the ultrasounders. You know, it's just, I, I just, we have to celebrate that for those doubters out there. Believe me, a lot of lives were saved here. I think unquestionably, because we also know that even though we are in a culture and a climate where you now have companies, whether it be an Amazon or I think even I think even Tesla and now maybe even Twitter, um, which a lot of people are praising Elon Musk and, you know, think he's done a great job with Twitter. Well, the reality is that he is not an anti-abortion guy. And, and there are big companies, again, like an Amazon, like some of these big corporations who are saying that we will pay our employees who want to have an abortion, will pay for them to fly to another state to get an abortion. And arguably, you would say, right, the companies do this so that they can put those employees right back to work so they don't have to pay for a maternity leave, right? So they don't have to pay for some of these things that otherwise they would be on the hook for. However, Rick, to your point, I think unquestionably, you have to acknowledge that this will have saved a lot of lives. And we will not know how many lives initially because there's still a lot of that undetermined. And there's a lot of states now that are having to navigate how they're going to do the, the limitations of the the male abortions where companies can mail you pills that you take the pills and right that helps terminate the pregnancy aka kills the baby that's growing inside the mother's womb there, there's still a lot to be determined however the more hindrances you can put on somebody killing their unborn child the better it is and this is certainly a positive thing in texas and i think unquestionably a lot of those babies they will be brought to term when had abortion still been legal in Texas, they probably would not have been carried to term. And by the way, Rick, we can also point out that we do know that it did make a different statistical difference, even with the thought of, well, did they go to other states or whatever? Dr. Michael knew this last week came out with data that shows unequivocally that even when you take those other considerations, there's a massive drop of abortions and right now, and he's one of the greatest statistical number crunchers professor uh, that has done this. He's on the on the life side and looks at these issues. And so he takes all the critics complaints and, and factors that in. Uh, and there's some more research that we just saw this last week going through to the statisticians to look at what happens with travel to other states, what percentage, what number. And it, it really is negligible. It does happen some, but that doesn't change the fact that you're talking about tens of thousands of human lives being saved lives that will now have worth and will contribute to a society. Um, it, it's a really good deal. Even when you take all the critics' possible complaints, there's no question it's had a massive impact. Such a great good news item to finish right before Christmas. So as we uh, go go into the weekend celebrating the birth of Christ, we can also celebrate the birth of all of these babies uh, and lives that were saved as a result of this big change, huge change. Like, I mean, Biggest change, maybe, uh, of all of the time that we've all been involved in the political arena and influencing the culture. Um, this is just just a wonderful celebration as, as we go into Christmas. What a wonderful way to end the program today. Thanks for listening today to Wall Builders. Thanks for being a part of Good News Friday. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas. We stand undivided.